This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. So throughout the Merdeka and Malaysia Day period, we've been imagining what Malaysia might be like in 100 years. So today, just ahead of Malaysia Day tomorrow, to close that whole series of shows off, you are going to be hearing from some of Malaysia's most active imaginations, speculative fiction writers. Yeah, because we thought, look, if we're going to be asking people this question, this what is actually an act of imagination, right? What will our country look like in 100 years? What could we be like? Um, will the flying car be a reality? <laughs> You know, all that stuff. We're supposed to have it now, Lynn. It's true. But see, you don't want these sorts of banal thoughts from me. You want to hear what authors actually have to say, because these are people who, well, I was going to say make a living, but then um, in the Malaysian context, most of us don't. So um, maybe it's more accurate to say these are people who ply their trade, right? And are very passionate about. Very passionate about imagining Malaysia and thinking of the possibilities. And so what we did was we reached out to um, a number of authors who've written works that play in the speculative fiction or fantasy genre, fantastical stuff, and asked them to imagine Malaysia in 100 years. We were lucky enough that six of them got back to us. And it's going to be a variety of things. Yeah, so it's a mixed bag. Some chose to take it in a humorous direction, which you'll hear. Others have tied it back to how things are going today. Many took uh, an optimistic view of Malaysia in the future. So yes, many different opinions about what Malaysia could look like. Many took an optimistic view, just warning you, not all. Not all, that's yeah. right. Uh, but before we get to the uh, clips themselves, we do want to hear from you as well. Let your imagination run wild with us. What will Malaysia be like in a 100 years? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So to kick things off, we have Tina Ishak, who is a Malaysian-born writer currently based in the Netherlands. She's published numerous short stories, both locally and internationally. She's also the founder of the Malaysian Writers Society. Here's Tina. In 100 years, I imagine Malaysia has radically changed in two ways. In the first way, something has happened to distance Malay people from the current worship of the Arab lifestyle. Somewhere along the way, the majority of Malaysian people stop Arabization in their way of life. The way they dress, the way they name their children, the way they eat, the way they talk, the naming of products. There is a resurgence of Malay traditions, the naming of children in traditional Malay names like Siti, Melo, Tijah, Melati, Bujang, Delima, Adiputra, Dara, Bunga, Awang, and the renaissance of Malay Adat and traditional dances, costumes and customs that had systematically been removed in the 90s and 2000s due to Arabization of Malays. And this has a tremendous repercussion in the way that Malaysians deal with culture and the arts, the mindset and dealings of the Malay people with other Malaysians, thus causing the embrace of Malaysian differences, the unique particularities of different races, cultures, lifestyles, food and practices. The first uh, change is somewhat related to the second change. Due to the surge of technology in the world, by 100 years in the future, Malaysia starts standing out, not in the embrace of technology, but in the opposite way. 
Malaysians begin to distrust technology and begin to collectively go offline. While many jobs have been taken over by robotics and artificial intelligence and people become reliant on computer technology to improve their work and living processes, there comes a point when that bubble bursts. There is a community movement led by a young generation to start switching off. They begin to shun social media and stop participating in online databases which hold and share private information. Many more Malaysians begin to work menial jobs that require one-on-one supply of products and services, barter trade and so on, that do not involve corporations. Malaysians learn to connect with fellow Malaysians in a warmer and real way. And this will make Malaysia in 100 years stand out from other countries like ASEAN, Asia Pacific, the world, which has succumbed to being hooked up to the internet. Of course, uh, this is just my imagination and uh, one of hope and positive thinking. Will it happen? Let's hope Malaysians will do the right thing. (laughs) <laughs> that was Tina Ishak, who is a, a writer of speculative and literary fiction. So like we said, we reached out to a few different authors today, um, people who write in different genres as well. And up next, we have Daryl Koh, who is a Malaysian-born, Singapore-based author of Mistbound, How to Glue Back Grandpa, which is a family novel about a young girl's adventures trying to glue her beloved grandfather's memories back together. It, it's tied very closely to stories of uh, dementia and Daryl's own experiences with that in his family. But uh, this ends up taking our main character, Alexis, on a journey with her grandmother through the land of mist where she meets mythological creatures. So there are elements of uh, humour, there's elements of fantasy, and I think you're going to be hearing a little bit of both uh, in Daryl's clip. So by rubbing my round belly, uh, I, I predict that in 100 years' time, Te Tarek will instead be called Te Manola. Because by then, the condensed milk will come from fake cows and the tea will come from recycled tea leaves. And the tea will taste so weak that when you get a cup, you push it away. And that's why it's called Te Manola, or simply Te Tola. And then we'll push it to illegal aliens. Except that the aliens will be uh, real aliens from outer space. And they will use the Te Tola to power their spaceships. So that was Daryl Koh, author of Mistbound, How to Glue Back Grandpa. We are hearing from a number of different Malaysian writers who write in the speculative fiction genre about what Malaysia could be like in 100 years. We want to hear from you as well. What stories of a future Malaysia would you tell? What will Malaysia be like in 100 years? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Baba from Malacca. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.16. You're listening to to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been imagining Malaysia 100 years in the future, along with a few different Malaysian speculative fiction writers. Uh, This is, of course, closing off our uh, series of shows that has been doing just that, imagining what a future Malaysia could look like. So we'd like to hear from you as well. What will Malaysia be like in 100 years? What stories would you tell? You can call 77332900, send us 
a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So up next, we have Stuart Danker, who is a KL-based author. His debut novel, Tinhead City, was set in a dystopian version of Kuala Lumpur, where cyborgs are in charge of policing us. So Tinhead City was long listed for the Epigram Books Fiction Prize in 2020. Here's what Stuart had to say. In my mind, Malaysia, 100 years from now, will have access to some sort of instant language translation. And that will be a pretty interesting development in our country because we have so many races and cultures. And that's not even counting the diverse migrant workers we have here as well. Because we are so quick to judge others based on their ability to speak our language, So imagine what would happen once everybody can articulate themselves perfectly. Intelligence will take on a whole other meaning then. Even education itself will be more accessible. It won't be about who understands the subject anymore, but about what people do with the knowledge. Job opportunities will be more fluid. For instance, Myanmarese workers could be in car sales or consultation. But then there's also the drawback, because while someone like me could gain access to Tamil or Chinese literature, the nuances and details might be lost in translation. So it won't be so much about the beauty of language anymore, but more about the story itself. But still, I cannot help wondering how many people would get into the arts if language wasn't an issue. Because if there's one thing I believe in is that each and every one of us has a story waiting to be told. That was Stuart Danker, author of Tinhead City. With a rather lovely exhortation, right, um, for the arts and for writing. And I, I actually just love the notion of technology enabling us to be able to um, communicate across language barriers. I think that's one of the best things about uh, something that actually seems possible, to be frank. So since Stuart mentioned that everybody has a story to tell, what story would you like to tell of Malaysia in 100 years? Again, those numbers, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, up next in our series of author voice notes, we have Nathaniel Sario, who hails from Kota Kinabalu, but currently is based here in KL, typically writes a lot of crime fiction. He recently won the third Fixie Novo Malaysian Novel Contest. And that novel called Big Trouble in Little Paradise is set in a fictional town in Sabah. It's going to be launching at the Georgetown Literary Festival in November. Here's Nathaniel. All right, let me preface this by saying that uh, all of what I'm about to say here is just speculation, you know. But so I'll, I'll go with the optimistic route, right? So in 100 years, Malaysia can be a nation transformed by tech advancements and a demographic that is constant on constant evolution, right? Uh, by this time, Malaysia may have achieved remarkable sustainability. You know, it, it'll harness renewable energy and it'll embrace green infrastructure. Its economy will be diverse, you know, driven by innovation and tech. Culturally, it will remain vibrant, you know, with all with its multi, you know, it's famous for being a roja, a multicultural roja. So in a hundred years, how can that change? That is like, you know, like a pillar of this, of this country. Internationally, we'll be connected. Education and healthcare will be massively improved. And citizens uh, will, will definitely enjoy a higher quality of life. 
but there still comes with challenges lah. I mean, uh, there'll be the environmental ones, population growth, as well as political dynamics. So, the path to 2123, it'll require adapt, you know, us to be adaptable. It'll require unity and f- governance uh, that is forward thinking. Now, that's all. Thank you. That was Nathaniel Sario, who is a KK Bond KL based author. Up next, we have Jamie Goh, who is a KL-based writer, poet, critic, reviewer, as well as editor of Science Fiction and Fantasy. She's been published in many well-known speculative fiction magazines and anthologies. Most recently, she edited the Strange Horizon Southeast Asian special issue. Here's what Jamie had to say. In a hundred years, I would like Malaysia to have our roads figured out, our cities better planned, or housing estates, whichever, so that there is enough leafy shade to avoid that murderizing sun and our worker unions who have successfully advocated for minimum wage, adherence to safety regulations and reasonable housing. Vertical green walls on buildings, better conditions for small businesses in any industry, either small-time farmers all the way to freelance artists and thoughtfulness along universal design principles so that disabled people, you know, because we're going to have a lot of them because of the pandemic, uh, can exist in public without being told that they are the problem. Realistically, we're more likely to be where America is now with a wealth of natural and human resources badly exploited, you know, in order to cut costs at every corner, a lot more inconveniences because we're taking shortcuts and applying band-aid solutions. If we're not careful, we'll see even more of a rise in religious fundamentalism that will create a lot of violence schisms and take advantage of these already present gaps between our various class and racial groups. Groups. We're already very prone to falling cults of personality. We're usually very, we're usually punished for calling them out. So in a hundred years, we see these problems exacerbated unless we take action. Uh, but maybe in a hundred years, taking into account the global scale of climate change, we'll probably be underwater. So who knows? Maybe those skyscrapers we're building now will come in handy then. That was Jamie Goh, um, a poet, critic, reviewer and editor uh, who works very extensively in science fiction and fantasy. So, of course, as we've been saying, what you're listening to today is a series of voice notes that uh, we reached out for uh, because we basically contacted speculative fiction or fantasy-ish authors uh, working in Malaysia today to ask them to imagine Malaysia in 100 years, which is also what we're asking you to do. And we're closing off with this from Akash Kumar, who is based in Selangor and is interested in writing about Malaysian culture, people, nature and the Cult. He was most recently featured in Project Future Malaysia. Here's Akash. I'm going to start this off by saying that I am in no way the type of person to think so far into the future, <laughs> uh, which is weird for uh, because typically speculative fiction authors are in fact the exact kind of people to look so far into the future. But I do have a lot of aspirations <laughs> and I can understand people in my generation being kind of pessimistic towards the whole situation and the future of this country. But uh, unfortunately, for those people, I'm an optimist and I have a lot of hope. I mean, if you look at the climate crisis and how this current government is handling it, it's definitely a more serious and kind of response. And we need more responses like this actually around the world. 
we look at how this current government has a national energy renewable energy roadmap how it has a climate change minister who is who is self-aware and is trying to get as much feedback from the ground as possible and a science minister who's very into innovation and this leads me to believe that things like the story that I wrote for Project Future Malaysia it's not too far away Banjir was a love letter to this country but it was also a spark of hope that I have within myself for those who are actually really affected by floods and which is basically all of us at this point I think if we actually actively put our energy into trying to solve problems in this country we will end up with a country that is better for everyone so for me a Malaysia 100 years into the future may still have problems actually and will probably have problems but if we start now start working now this current generation especially i think we will see something that is truly truly amazing and i believe that that is the future that we have in store for us so happy malaysia day everyone that was Akash Kumar who is a writer most recently featured in project future malaysia so we have, of course, heard from uh, six different writers uh, on their imaginings of what a Malaysia of 100 years from now could be. We want to hear from you as well. Let your imagination run wild, basically. What do you think Malaysia would be like in 100 years? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. I think we have time for a couple of the messages that have come in. Oh, OK, good. So TIDJ says, in a hundred years, there won't be a Malaysia or any sovereign country for that matter. I hope there will be a unified earth. We could be called Terrans or Gaians or Boomians, uh, <laughs> united once we discover that we aren't the only sentient life form in this galaxy. Hashtag Team Aliens. Human civilization <laughs> ought to be like the Federation from Star Trek, humans driven by the urge to grow academically. So firstly... Star Trek is the gold standard of what, you know, a non-discriminatory unified universe could look like, right? Mm. If that's where we're headed, great. I mean, sure, there are wars, there are Klingons, but I think that's a pretty good thing to aim for. I mean, there are wars, there are Klingons, but they're not um, inter... No, no, they're interplanetary. They're not country wars, no. right? That's the point that and we as And discrimination isn't viewed as positive at all. I also, um, TIDJ, in light of hashtag Team Aliens, did you see the um, quote-unquote alien remains in Mexico? I'm just <laughs> curious what you thought because, you know, I, I didn't think we'd get you there. You are going to now pivot our show from Malaysia in 100 years to aliens. I just think that this is a credible <laughs> conversation to be having, that if we're going to bring in aliens, then we need to talk about about the, the current discourse surrounding extraterrestrial life. Can I just say Boomians, though? I love. Yes, I love Boomians. I vote for that. Um, I just also wanted to read this from Balvin, who says, In 100 years, Tun Mahathir will, still, will finally become the next PM again. From your lips, Balvin, to out into the universe, because honestly, who can rule it out? Well, history is cyclical. History is cyclical. Um, some histories are more cyclical than most. <laughs> <laughs> and and this, oh, this has a vibe. This has a feeling. Ah, so join us. Imagine what Malaysia in a hundred years from now will be. Send us your thoughts. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. 
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.